is the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Live from the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, here's your host, Nick Brunker. All right, we are welcoming you into another Monday Night Live here at the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. A great crowd on hand. Glad you are with us as we will set up another week of Cyclones hockey here alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker, also to be joined today by Michael Hauser and Matthew Aban. Before we are through, we will also take your questions. We have hooked up the live mic as the return of the Kyles have provided us with a need to do so. <laughs> so we have done that tonight, and we will have them, and hopefully you ask your questions as we get through the hour. Of course, we'll talk with both Aban and Hauser about their weekends and a whole lot more as we get to the top of the hour. First, though, let's uh, recap a, a busy week that was. You get six out of a possible eight points, a great weekend, and as we looked at it this, uh, this time last week, the Point differential, very close, a very crucial week to pick up the points you did. Yeah, I mean, when you play a team so much like we did with Fort Wayne, I think we started the week four up on them. We end the week uh, four up or, or, give or give or take one or something. But, uh, uh, you know, I thought they were great games. I mean, with what happened with the lockout ending and the uncertainty of uh, what was happening and, and bringing people in and new teammates and stuff from our end and from their end. And, uh, um, you know, I thought it was a great week. I thought we had every opportunity to get uh, eight points out of eight, of course, uh, you always look at it that way. I thought uh, the 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 game on Wednesday when we won four nothing. I thought that was a, uh, an all around effort by everybody. And you know, with Zoltan getting his second shutout of the season, I thought it was great for him. And uh, right after the game, getting called up to the Nashville Predators, a great opportunity for him. And then um, you know, losing in uh, the shootout on uh, you know Friday, obviously could have gone either way. I thought uh, it'd be nice to pick up uh, the two points there. But I thought our effort on Friday night and getting the the five two win, and then of course losing in overtime yesterday. But uh, uh, you know, it, it, you look back at it and say, geez, we had every opportunity to get eight and eight, but I think there's, uh, uh, you know, some individual efforts and some collective efforts that got us to, you know, two, two on Saturday. And of course, uh, you know, Mike Pellick shorthanded goal on Sunday to tie it up two two. So, um, you know, you can't get too greedy in these situations. I think six out of eight, we'll take that every week. No question about it. You mentioned Pellick. Uh, he is just one of, of many uh, somewhat subtle changes over the last 24 hours. I guess in terms of, of what the Cyclones are going to look like tomorrow night, we could start there, and that's really the only thing we do know at this time. How is the roster shaping up for Tuesday night versus Elmira? Um, well, we've got uh, the potential two players returning tomorrow. Josh McFadden on defense uh, is coming off the 21-day IR. Um, you know, he should be ready to go. Uh, we've got to monitor his ice time. Uh, he hasn't, uh, he's been off for uh, about f uh, five, six weeks now. So yep. his, uh, his ice time's going to have to be monitored. Uh, the big Swede, Matthias Lindstrom, uh, should be in the lineup tomorrow night. So we're excited about that. I know that our, the, the guys are excited. His teammates are excited about getting him back in the lineup. He's going to so. play right wing, right? He only plays left wing. <laughs> no, I'm just left wing, that's it. He just only kidding. plays left wing. He's made that very clear. <laughs> um, and uh, so, no, it's nice to have those guys back in the lineup. So, uh, uh, you know, we had some question marks coming out of the weekend with some guys dinged up, but I think we're going to be uh, pretty good from that standpoint. Losing Mike Pellick uh, uh, to Worcester, uh, you know, fills a, fills a need at center, so we'll have to adjust our lines a little bit. But uh, I think getting Josh uh, will, should help our power play. And, of course, uh, Matias uh, killing penalties and what he provides to our locker room and uh, to the guys, I think, is going to be a big plus for us. Not really sure, I guess, at this point what you're going to do with Dan Eves, but you add a defenseman on Sunday uh, via a trade. Now, I, I know we talked about it a little bit in the pregame show. I touched on it to kind of clarify some stuff in the broadcast on Sunday uh, on the Cyclones Radio Network. Mike Cavanaugh going to be joining the club tomorrow. Uh, in terms of the trade, 
exactly what went down so those that may be curious or, or questioning what happened, how did it all go down? Well, we're at such a point now in this league for defensemen, it's not just us, it's every team that they're at an absolute premium. So Southern Pro defensemen are at an absolute premium right now, and uh, uh, it's a difficult thing. It's not so easy just to call down to Knoxville and say, send me your two best defensemen or Pensacola or Augusta or any of those teams because, uh, you know, those guys have a, a job to do down there as coaches and, and it is to win, so you just can't call down there and, and pull up two guys and they're willingly going to do it. So. Right. It, it's sometimes difficult, and you, you, so you have relationships with certain guys. Knoxville's always been good with us uh, in the past, uh, sending players, and um, you know. So uh, Mike Cavanaugh played for Orlando. He did very well for a couple games. I talked to uh, uh, the, the head coach down there and the assistant coach Matt McIlvain and Drake Berhowski, and you know, asked how he was doing. They were going to release him, and it, we're at such a point now that we're afraid to put a, a let a guy go through waivers. Uh, because he's probably going to get claimed. And um, I decided that I'm not going to let that happen. Uh, and I traded for a Southern Pro defenseman that w any other time, any other situation would clearly clear clear waivers and go back to where he, where he was uh, in uh, Fayetteville. Yeah. So, um, you know, I traded for him. He's here tonight. He'll be, uh, he'll be at practice tomorrow in our lineup. And, you know, he's a guy that's a serviceable defenseman, something that we need because when you look at our last four games, the, the ice time that David McDonald, Brian O'Hanley, and Taylor Ellington got, and Dan Eves, who's not a defenseman but yeah. did a great job, is crazy. I mean, they played so much. And to watch uh, those guys battle on Sunday night after, uh, you know, four games and five nights and the ice time that they got is, uh, is a lot. Is, it says a lot about them. And, uh, you know, Brian O'Hanley, who's who's probably playing 35, 36 minutes a night, um, you know, to, to – to you and know, in crucial situations, no less. Every situation. They're in every hard situation there is yeah. in a game. I mean, even more ice time in those hard situations. And to see him uh, go end-to-end -end, uh, in the third period to create that third goal that Mike Pellick uh, scored was uh, was incredible. So, um, you know, these guys need some rest. They need uh, – uh, we need to relieve some of their ice time. And I think Mike Cavanaugh should come in and, and, and eat some ice time away from – eat some quality minutes and uh, – allow them to play in those tough situations, whether it's killing penalties, power plays, end of period, starts of period. So uh, uh, they, did a, they did a tremendous job, as did everybody. I mean, uh, anytime you go consistently four and five week after week, it's a lot of ice. And it's not just us. It's, it's the other teams we're playing too. Right. So um, it's just a matter of a war of attrition and uh, who comes out on top. And in terms of outgoing, that's what I was trying to clarify on, on Sunday. It, it's not a traditional trade in the sense where you give somebody and, and – they give you a guy, in this case, Kavanaugh, and I think there was also some confusion because uh, obviously that initial trade that sent Liambus down there, there was a future consideration. It, it has nothing to do with those deals, and in instead of it being a player for player, it's, it's player for futures, but in this case, you're not going to send anybody down there, correct? Yeah, I mean, the, the league, uh, and just to be honest with you guys, I mean, trades are made for cash, uh, and, and the league does not allow to say cash. So when you see, uh, you know, we traded for Mike Kavanaugh for futures, we're not sending him anything. It's a, the, the deal's done. There's, we don't owe them anything. Uh, and again, futures are so vague. I and mean, we are owed uh, futures from Orlando. I, I mean, you know, those could be, uh, you know, the way that the deal's set up. I mean, it could be anything. It's really, right. it's really difficult when you see futures. You can't bank on them as in someone's own. I think the biggest thing in making trades at this level is having a good trading partner and you know, and the reason I traded Andrew Hotham to Wheeling, I think I talked about this because I have a good trading partner in Wheeling and Clark Donatelli, a, a coach yep. that I trust, a guy I know that will 
do me right. I, I send him a quality player for futures at the time, and then the way the trade worked out, we get an Andrew Convoy at the end of the day. So right. um, when you make a trade in this league, I think it's most important to have a good trading partner. And with Orlando, and you'll see why, why teams, not just our league, in the National Hockey League, you'll see you know, consistently trades between teams. Um, and it's because, you know what, the, the two people making the agreement are, are they trust each other. Right. And uh, I know Clark Donatelli's going to uh, do right by me, by me giving him a, a, a good defenseman in Andrew Hotham. He's going to do right by me at some point whenever that time comes. And when the time came and I asked him that I needed to do something, he, he did it. And same thing with Orlando with Drake Berhowski and Matt, Matt McElvain. Um, there's a reason why I continually trade with Orlando. Um, you know, because uh, they're good trading partners, and at the end of the day, we're going to do right by each other. So, uh, uh, and the flip side, you'll see why I don't trade with some other teams. There's some people, coaches, I won't answer their phone calls for that reason because they're not good trading partners. Yep, and you know in advance what you're going to do, and obviously having a relationship, uh, building that relationship over the years with these different people make a big difference. Roster-wise, we talked about all, all the new faces. A as you look at the guys that are consistently putting up points, you can't really point to one or two or three. We talked about it night in and night out. This weekend was another perfect example of you can you know Matthew Aban is going to come up with points. You know Mike Pellick is going to come up with points. You know John McFarland's going to come up with points. But it's when O'Hanley gets into the mix. It's when Ellington, who incidentally is in the top ten in the defensive scoring this year, is getting points. Everybody is a weapon every night. Well, you look the other night, Josh uh, Burkholz scores a right. tremendous goal, just a huge goal for us, just a, a, a great goal. I mean, Mike Embox scored two game winners for us this year. You know, um, it, it comes from different people. Like you said, I mean, you know, Pelly and Avi and, and Evie, uh, Evie's in a different situation this year, uh, you know, playing left wing, right wing, center defense. And uh, we're not necessarily looking at that as uh, Evie's uh, point output. He's really doing a great job in all areas for us. But... Uh, when you can start getting guys contributing from all different uh, areas, it's it's great. It's great. We don't have to rely. I think that was one of our problems last year, obviously, is our depth. Um, you know, after Pelly, Avi, and Evesy, uh, you know, when Matt Siska decided to, to play, he was effective or certain guys. But, um, you know, after that, we couldn't rely on anybody to get points. But yeah. for this year... Um, you know, even Andrew Conboy gets a game winner a couple weeks ago in Evansville. Uh, you know, David Pican has the ability to to score goals uh, late in the game. Uh, you know, Anthony Luciani, who who's um, you know, I, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come out and say he's struggling uh, because you know he is uh, contributing in some areas. But uh, you know, when he gets hot, you know, there's a guy that can open up games mm -hmm. for us. So you know, we have those weapons up front. We have some guys in the back end with. Uh, OH and um, and Ellington and uh, you know it's so great to see him with Josh Josh McFadden who who you guys haven't seen very much I mean he's an extremely talented player he was in a lineup the start of the year who now is going to be a regular uh, he's going to uh, require a lot of ice time he's going to be put in situations to succeed. And, you know, I'm excited to see him uh, this second half of the year and what he can do for us. Uh, you, we talked about Dan Eves a little bit. You mentioned some of his uh, abilities at not only the defensive spot, but how you've rotated him in and out. He's been a center. He's been a winger. He, he's been all over the ice, except for goalie, of course, for right now, that is. He is about to play in his 100th game with the Cyclones. And I think that game, as long as he doesn't miss uh, tomorrow, he will have that 100th game under his belt on Friday. A and take me back to when you made that trade. Uh, with South Carolina to bring him here. Did you expect, now you don't have to you know, answer it directly saying, no, I didn't expect, but at the same time, knowing what you know now about Dan Eves, did you know that you were going to get that type of a player when you made the deal? When I saw Dan Eves the first time, I didn't know who Dan Eves was. We played South Carolina, I believe, again before Christmas, and um, uh, 
apparently he was just coming off injury. He didn't get much ice time that game, but he's one guy that stood out to me and just that he, he looked like a pro out there, a guy that took care of details, a guy that, uh, um, uh, you know, he, he stood out to me, you know, not in a flashy way, but in just the way he, he carried himself and the way he, he, he managed pucks, the way he did a lot of the little things that, uh, you know, you try to get young guys to understand. And I, I, I noticed that right away. And then when a few weeks later, uh, some conversations came up about a trade uh, with South Carolina. He was the guy that I wanted. Um, I wanted to uh, I wanted to acquire Dan Eves. I thought he's a guy that could help our team out. Um, it ended up being uh, Samson Mabad and Eves for, um, I believe, uh, help me out here, Nick. I actually don't even remember. I know that's bad. Joe, bad, bad Joe, are you part. here, Joe? No, that no, was last. That year. was last year. It was two years ago. That was ago. for um, uh, Nick Davis. Let's see. Let me. Was it from Paul McElveen? No, no McElveen, McElveen came from Greenville, Greenville, and I traded him to Utah. That was Chris Claxton. That Chris, we, that, no, we that actually was were just that was Gwinnett. Traded him to Gwinnett or Greenville, Greenville. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, I'm gonna look it up while he finishes his thought. Continue. Yeah. So, anyways, Dan Eves was a guy I wanted, and uh, and the day we got him, I thought Dan's had a great got great job. I think he, you know, one thing that happened last year early on was some injuries. Uh, we had a lot of guys sent down from uh, the the Florida Panthers or the San Antonio Rampage, and Dan just always found himself either injured or the tenth forward or in and out of the lineup. And uh, we finally got him with Pelly and Avi, uh, and they just took off. I Unbelievable. Think, uh, he just had a tremendous. Uh, uh, tremendous season, and, and again, this year, again, we don't put his value on his points and stuff like that. I think Dan's value is uh, on all the details and what he provides, and again, this year, beyond that, uh, now playing defense for us uh, has been a tremendous help. Obviously, when you look at, at the way this roster has been shaped, uh, the amount of points you've been able to get, the way you've won games amidst all the shuffling, amidst injuries, amidst call-ups recently, uh, and obviously some tough games and some tough places to play as we have now passed the halfway point of the regular season, things are shaping up very nicely, especially with the uncertainty of where everybody in the entire league is going to be roster-wise moving forward. You know, yeah, we're, I mean, I like where we're at. I, I, again, you, you look back at games, you look at games potentially we could have won. There's some games that we probably had no business winning, uh, and we did win. So we are where we are, and I'm, I'm happy where we're at. I, I, love, I like the group where we have. I like the, the leadership we have. I think uh, as we move forward, and, and um, you know, I think as a coaching staff, we've done one thing this year is that uh, we've got a tremendous amount of guys affiliated, but we decided that, you know, we have to go with what, what's going to help us win night after night. And as we get further on into this, uh, this season, you know, the 18 guys you see there, the starting goaltender, who's backing up, whatever, is going to be the, the 18 guys that are going to help us win. And, and it gets more and more important as we go along. And you'll see that, that, uh, um, you know, we want the guys that are going to compete and help us win, whether you're contracted, non-contracted, where you come from, it doesn't matter. We want guys out there that are going to help us win hockey games, get, you know, uh, good placing in the standings and go deep in the playoffs. The archives have been uh, skewered here, and I have found the trade. There was a reason I didn't remember it, pre because it was an exchange for a player that didn't play very much beyond that in the ECHL. Ryan Del Monte was the trade, part, uh, the, uh, trade uh, uh. player that was sent down there because he was uh, playing most of that season in the American League, 
They were, he was in and out of the lineup at that point. He played one game or two, I think, at the beginning of the season in got, Elmira. We got him back, and I traded him to uh, South Carolina. Knowing that you were likely not going to see him very much the rest of the year. Well, Matthew Alban gave me a great recommendation on <laughs> Samson Mabad, so I, I, I decided that I think uh, uh. I should make that trade. Mike, you got a question, big guy? We do, and we have a live mic. Mike, you grab the live mic, and you can go I think ahead. I think it's going to be a statement. It's a statement. <laughs> I know it's going to be a statement. <laughs> go ahead. It flip the switch on. It should be on. You're on, man. You go for it. Nick. Coach. Hello. First of all, I'd like to compliment the team's effort Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I mean, it was unbelievable. Okay. Thank you. Certainly. And a question, you may not be able to answer it tonight, but in the three games, we had three different goalies. Mm -hmm. And we got points in every game. Sure did. All four games, in fact, this week they did. Well, I'll take the three goalies here, but um, they're, you know, they were great. Jer Thank God we didn't have to have an emergency goalie, you know? True. Yeah, uh, very true. Mike, as much as it is a positive to have uh, three goalies here, um, you know, you know, with uh, Michael coming and he'll be up here in a little bit, coming later on after after his injury and stuff like that, and and it's great to be able to uh, rotate guys, keep guys fresh. But we're gonna have to get to a point here where we we get to two. Uh, and I've I've talked to Fozzie about it, uh, Brian Foster, and and there's certain rhythm that goaltenders need to get into and. Uh, um, it's great right now, you know, we, we, we've got a lot of games, we can rotate guys in, but um, we're going to get to a point here where, you know, uh, the, the, the guy that's going is going to get it, get the ball, and he's got to run with it. If he has to play five, six in a row, then that's what it is. Whether it's, uh, you know, Michael Hauser, who, who, who does it, who has every, uh, the capabilities and is going to get every opportunity to do it, or Brian Foster, and, you know, see when Z gets back here. So, um, you know, we're going to have to eventually get to a point where, uh, just the flow of hockey and the flow of practice in a game is that, you know, you, you win, you continue to go, and you get that ball and go, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that point. That's good. Has that ever happened? I talked with my son about it. Uh -huh. it. Has this ever happened three consecutive days with three different goalies? For the Cyclones or for anybody? Well, no, I'm not talking to everybody. Cyclones is my team. Okay? I'd, ha I'd have to go back and check. I, I, don't th I don't think in the last few years the Cyclones have had, at least since, since I've, I, I've taken over the reins broadcasting, that there have been three goalies with, that have played in consecutive nights. I don't think even last year you had three on the roster no. at any one point. Uh, it's a rarity. And I think in, in terms, and Jerry can speak to it more than I can, in this league, just the way things are, are organized in this ECHL being a developmental league, very rarely do you have the luxury of, of needing three because your system, typically, especially in a dual affiliation, there are only one, uh, two, one on either side of your dual affiliate, mm. fifth goalie that's going to be in the ECHL. Yeah, I mean, we, it, we found ourselves in a unique situation, and, um, you know, we're going to take advantage of it right now. But like I said, I think the important thing is, is uh, moving forward here, coming into this weekend and after the All-Star break is, uh, you know, not, not saying we haven't been focused on winning hockey games, but we're going to start getting down to a stretch here where, you know, somebody's got to clearly be our, our guy. And, you know, that may come for two weeks, three weeks, and then someone else takes over. But we definitely have to uh, identify um, a, a goaltender. And I think it's fair to them because that's what they want. You know, you can ask uh, uh, House when he gets up here. He wants to play 6, 7, 8, 10, 12 in a row. You know, so does Fozzie, and I'm sure uh, so does Z. So, uh, 
you know, I think it's a, it's a healthy situation, but at, at some point here, we're going to get to it where we, uh, we've got to identify, uh, you know, who's the guy that's going to win us games on uh, night after night. Getting back to Fort Wayne, good questions and comments. Mike, if you have a question for the coach or myself or either of the players that will be with us, come on up and grab the live mic, and we will take your questions between now and 8 o'clock. Uh, about John McFarland, a guy that, that we talked about night in and night out, even off the, uh, off the air about what a difference maker he is. And, you know, the thing about uh, John McFarland is you compare him to others in this league, and it's, it's very difficult to find another one at this level that stays at this level for the length of time that he has. Perhaps the NHL lockout has, has been the biggest reason for that. But when he is on, he is pretty much an unstoppable force. But he has to be on the entire time for him to, to do what he did over the weekend. Absolutely. Uh, John McFarland's a tremendous talent. Uh, he is. Uh, he can do things uh, at a high speed, at a high pace, and uh, his, his skill set is, is, is very, very high. It's, he's got an NHL skill set. He's got NHL speed, um, all that stuff. And when, like you said, Nick, when he decides to play, um, you know, he can take over a hockey game. And, uh, you know, he's, he's still a young guy. He's 20 years old. Um, you know, he's had, he's had great success in junior. He's been a uh, you know, at 16, he's been or 15 years old. He's been a uh, a kid that's uh, you know had uh, success beyond any 15-year-old and some 16-year-olds can imagine. And uh, you know, being drafted and now finds himself in a situation where you know he's in the East Coast Hockey League, and it's difficult for him. I I I I feel for him in that sense is that I understand what he's going through. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, you have to play, and you're a hockey player, and. Uh, uh, we've seen some special things out of him this year. Um, you know, you can see him in practice, some of the things he does, and, and the games when he decides. He's an extremely talented person. His skill set and everything he does is at the NHL level. It's just figuring out in between, uh, in between those, uh, that skill set and where he's at and what he wants to do and where he wants to be. But, uh, you know, when he does figure it out, he'll be doing these things at the American Hockey level and hopefully beyond. As you look to this month, I mean, on your board, you obviously made it clear that there are going to be 15 games in 31 days. Every every month you have in that corner uh, a list of how many games you're playing and how many at home and how many away. Almost a dead split. I think it's seven home, eight away. It, it's a busy month, the busiest month of the year. And obviously for you, being a former player for a long time, you played at all the different levels, you played overseas, you've been in the trenches at times, and this is a group that for once, you, you look up and down the, the roster, this, although a young group, has mostly OHL, WHL, junior experience where they are playing uh, the long seasons into the 50s, 60s, and 70 uh, game range, where m many years you see a kind of a split where college guys have 30 or 35. Uh, when you look at these guys, this is the time of year where they've got to be paying very close attention to what they are obviously doing out there on the ice, but maybe off the ice too, preparing their bodies physically and perhaps mentally to go through a grind like this. Yeah, I mean, I think what you see, uh, like you said, Nick, uh, for whatever reason, uh, a lot. Of, I mean, uh, we're we're very uh, affiliated heavy this year. Uh, a lot of major junior guys, guys that have played. Uh, you know, we can talk to House when he gets up here. He went to the Morrow Cup final, played in the championship game. Uh, you know, the amount of games and amount of work and the distance or the the, the time frame of all these games it's a it's a grind to major junior and not saying college hockey's a grind and it's not a you know i'm not looking for you to throw me a softball here and, <laughs> and uh hit it out of the park but uh you know these junior guys obviously have uh, been through the grind but you know you can see it uh also they're still 20 21 years old i thought garrett wilson last year caught up to him uh, you know willie went to the Morrow cup finals with his team with owen sound 
And, you know, I thought Willie, by the end of the year, just really faded. I thought he was just a tired, you know, tired person mentally, physically. And, and it can happen. And something you got to manage, you know, with, uh, you know, David McCann and Josh Burkholz and if John McFarland's here and, uh, you know, all these guys. I mean, it's, it's an absolute grind. This league um, uh, beats you down and you got to find ways. You got to uh, self-motivate. You got to trick yourself into be motivated. You've got to do all kinds of things. It's easy to sit back and say, well, you're getting paid to play hockey. Why aren't you giving your best? Well, uh, you know, it is an absolute grind playing four and five mm -hmm. weekend after weekend with some travel. And again, it's not just us. It's the team we're playing is going through it too. So, um, you know, we, I believe we have the right people in there. We've got hockey players in there. And I think that's the biggest compliment you could give, uh, Someone that plays this sport is their hockey player, and uh, we got a, we got a lot of hockey players in our locker room. We have plenty more to get to with you. We'll let you take a break and enjoy your wine, and when we come back, we'll talk about the week that is coming up, a busy one, as the Cyclones play four over the next six, as they will take on three different Atlantic Division teams between now and the end of the next week. He's head coach Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. Listening to CyclonesHockey.com. We are back live at the Tap House Grill. Nick Brunker with you on this Monday night, January the 14th. A programming note, there will not be a show next week because it is the All-Star break. Players and coaches taking a few days off to celebrate said All-Star break. Our next guest has been a longtime Cyclone, now playing in his, I believe, sixth tour of duty in the Queen City, who recently pulled in to fourth place all-time. This is dating back to 1990 for all-time goals scored. He has 102. He is now trailing Paul Aulis, Jill Bardion, and Don Biggs. Please welcome team captain Matthew Aban. Aubie, what's happening? Uh, not too much, not too much. All right, let's uh, start there. I mean, you, you, you throw those names around, and obviously having a chance to, to play here as long as you did, you know several of those names are hanging up in the, uh, the rafters, being behind guys like Gian and, or Dion rather, and, uh, and Biggs and Lawless. To put your name in that type of company has to mean a lot for you personally. Uh, I, I mean, it, feel, it feels good. Uh, those players are uh, great players. They did some big, big stuff in Cincinnati, but... Uh, I look at I look at more as uh, I want to help all the team winning some games, and I if that's gonna put me out there for some type of record and stuff with the franchise, good. But I mean, I don't really think about it too much. But it's still great to be part of uh, great names like that. And you passed Barrett Eggett's too, so now you can uh, you have a little bragging rights if you see yeah, him around. Yeah, if I see him around. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about Cincinnati for you. It's it's kind of your second home now. Uh, and you've been on a bunch of different Cyclones teams, uh, different makeups. You've won a couple of Kelly Cups. Uh, I guess we can talk about this year uh, as a, a specific point. There are a lot of players in this team uh, that are just like you in a lot of ways in terms of leadership. I mean, you talk about being the leader. You got the captaincy. You're in there doing what you do. And then on the ice, obviously, contributing the way you do. This is a group, though, that although you have that distinct leadership role, everybody seems to be a leader. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, good character in this team. Uh, even the young guys, they come in and they uh, they just help out right away. And uh, I feel like this this year's group is very different than I feel the, a lot of uh, the last team over the past. I feel we're really close to each other, and that start with a lot, like you said, a lot of uh, guy like uh, Mike Pellich, Danny's, uh, even Ellington that just came in, Fozzie. We have a lot of uh, great guy that. Uh, speak up in the room and that the young guys uh, can look up to 
and I think it's uh, it's good it's good for the team. For as young as this team is, you talk about how little time it, it took for them to get rolling. I mean, guys like McCann, obviously, with American Hockey League skill, and certainly Wilson and a bunch of others as we go down the list. But uh, as young as the team is, it seems like they've been playing a long, long time, and there was no real quote-unquote learning curve with these guys. And it's true. All our young guys have been learning so fast. I mean, they're all playing real good, uh, bringing a lot to the team. And I think that's why we're successful right now. I think the older guys are doing their job. The younger guys are stepping in. And I, I like Scaldi said, every game, someone new can just uh, take over the game and uh, get some points for us. So uh, that's I think that's why we're successful. One of the big things last year that we pointed to, and I think the stat was thrown around. I can't remember the arbitrary number, but between you, Pelican and Eves, uh, the point totals last year, uh, and really going back to when you got together on the line, are just unbelievably high and uh, an incredible statistic. But yet this year, obviously, still trying to contribute and, and be mixed and matched with so many different players, each of you individually has found success. That has to speak to both the ability to play together, but the ability to kind of adapt to the situations at hand, which is tonight I'm playing with so-and-so, tonight uh, I may not be playing with Eves. Has that been difficult for you? Uh, I mean, no, not difficult. I mean, last year uh, when Evesy came on uh, me and uh, Pelly's line, it just clicked, and I feel like last year we were a little bit more struggling with players and everything we didn't have as much offense as this year so we were just relied on at all time to uh, to score all, every game and everything and this year it's more a three line attack if i can say i mean the sure. whole team can uh, every line can go on and score a goal a big goal for us and i think every every forward in uh, in the team i would not uh, be unhappy to play with mm -hmm. and i think everybody's doing a good job obviously Tons of hockey still to play. I mean, they just passed the halfway point. This is, I think, game number 39 this week. Uh, and and tomorrow, just kicking off what will be just a, a continuation of a busy month, as we talked about with Jared. Uh, as much as you say plenty of hockey still to come, you have to be happy with where you're sitting now in terms of points versus your division. You have great record out of division, too, but really sitting four points up in the North Division with all the uncertainty that's moving forward. Incidentally, Brandon Marino, the leading scorer for Fort Wayne, called up right after the game. So uh, these type of movements are starting to become more, more the norm than the exception. It's very nice to be in a situation unlike in previous years where you now have to look for a second-half rise where you got to get, get the guys going and, and pick up wins. This year, not that you don't have to pick up those wins, but you're not clawing your way back. You're just making sure you, you keep the status quo, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It, feel, it feels nice right now where we're at. I mean, I feel even we could have, there's a bunch of games that we could have uh, get the full two-point and everything and be maybe higher in the standings. But where we're at right now, I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy about it. I think the whole team is feeling happy, uh, and it's good for the for uh, the happiness level of the team. And I think that's just help us to uh, go come to practice uh, happy in the morning and then leave happy and then it, it brings up to the game and I think it's a, it's a good thing. You mentioned the uh, the gelling of the group and that, that being one of the differences uh, between this year's team and, and some of the other teams you've been on. Uh, I know that every year is unique in, a, in its own way and we're not trying to have you compare and contrast guy for guy this year's team to the, the one that won the cup in 07-08 or 2009-10 uh, but uh, is one team different in a, in a larger way than this year's group? Uh, yeah, I mean, you cannot really compare any team that to this uh, 08 Kelly Cup. I feel that team was just uh, unbelievable. There yep. was so much talent in that team. 
But I feel like uh, even on that year, we were not that uh, united, if I can if I can say. I mean, there was half the team was French, half the team was English. I mean, there was a couple click coming around in the locker room. I feel this year, uh, I don't see that at all. Uh, everybody is pretty close to each other. Everybody likes each other. We always uh, stand together, and I think it's... Uh, that's why we're doing so good on the ice too. I see that you're wearing a Cincinnati Bengals hat, which is which is interesting because I, I didn't I didn't pit you for a football fan. Now, is this something that you've enjoyed over the, the many years, have you, or, or is this something that has happened to you recently? Uh, well, rooming in my apartment with uh, Brian O'Hanley um, made me uh, learn a lot about football. Well, being from Boston, I guess I that mean, makes sense. Not so much now because we play a lot of uh, Sunday's game, but before Christmas we didn't play, I don't think, any Sunday's game. So Correct. we were uh, every Sunday watching the game together and he was explaining to me uh, most of the rules and everything that I didn't know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I like Cincinnati, love Cincinnati. So I said, I guess I'll be a Bengals fan. And I know you've been to a few games. You you enjoy your experience down there, yes? Yeah, I, yeah, I love to go there too. All right, uh, I guess the the obvious that follow up question is then, if you're not playing hockey, is football your sport? Would it be your sport of choice, or would you choose something else? Uh, to play or to watch? To play? Uh, to play? No, no, I would, uh, I would. <laughs> I would play uh, either golf or maybe tennis. Those are my two sports that I like to play. Obviously, being from Canada, you have a chance to watch some, some tennis up your way uh, when they get up there uh, for the, the French Open, I believe it is. But uh, uh, what is the one in, uh, in Montreal that they play? The Roger Cup. Roger's oh, Cup, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I said French Open. Yeah, but the, French Open. The uh, uh, Roger's <laughs> Cup, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. The, the, the idea that, that you have a chance to play tennis in, in some unbelievable weather, too. It, golf, though, I think is, is one for me that... If you could choose one sport to play, you get golf, you just get to go to Hawaii, you get to go to, to Florida, you get to go to all over the place where it's warm, it's nice, and you get to wear a nice shirt and sometimes nice nice jeans or, I don't know, I don't think they let you play jeans on the golf no, course, no, but that's no. how I play, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't decide to, yeah. to like golf because of the winter, but uh, I mean, my, my dad got me to play that uh, early, so I started liking it. And then I just started playing tennis a couple of years ago, and I really enjoy it. I play it uh, all summer. Did you have a chance to, uh, to ever play as a kid at all growing up? Uh, yeah, bit? oh yeah. Uh, my dad was bringing me um, to the golf course uh, almost every day when I was like 8, 9, 10. And then when I had to uh, start playing hockey more seriously and stuff, I kind of start, uh, stopped a little bit to play every day. But um, yeah, I still love playing it. And being a tennis fan, is there, is there a player right now that, that you feel is, is your favorite? Is there one that stands out? Oh, I, I like Del Potro. He's a big, big, tall guy, and he uh, plays, plays good. I like to watch him play. Me and my dad watch uh, tennis on TV all the time, and we always go watch a Roger Cup. So. All right, five quick hitters, although that was kind of off the beaten path. We'll ask you five quick questions, and then we'll let you get out of here. Okay. Easy one to start things off, as fans know already. Favorite food is? They all know it already? No, they don't know what your answers are going to be. We've done this every week. Yeah, okay. they, they have a sheet. They're going to check off to see if your right. answers have changed. Okay, okay. I, I, would, say, <laughs> I would say sushi uh, right now is my, is my favorite sushi, food. Sushi, uh, yeah. any, any particular kind, because that can be a wide variety. Uh, well, we, have, we go to that same place all the time, and it's called the Sexy Roll, so that's, I don't know what's in it, but it's, it's that's delicious. That's probably good. That's it's probably yeah, a good thing. It's delicious. Uh, favorite movie? A uh, favorite movie, um, I think I change like I change my mind all the time, but now it's more of the Hunger Game now. Really? Yeah. Really I, loves that movie. is not what I would have expected no, you to say. Yeah. The Hunger Games. Oh, oh, sorry. All right. Favorite musical group or artist is? Uh, I w I would go for um, hmm, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of music, but uh, 
I would say Kid Cudi, I guess. Okay, okay. And, and your favorite TV show? Uh, that would be Dexter. And finally, last but not least, if you could choose one person on your team to compete or star in a reality TV series, who do you think would be the best star? Uh, Mike Pillage, for sure. Good answer. That's kind of what I thought you'd say. <laughs> yeah. All right, give it up for Matthew Aban, everybody. When we come back, we'll visit with the new Cyclones goalie, Michael Hauser. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. We are back for another segment live here on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Nick Brunker back with you. We will have another few minutes with the coach before all is said and done at the top of the hour, including a look ahead to a busy week. Cyclones playing tomorrow at home, the only home game of the week on a Big Beer Tuesday and Neon Night, 7.30 against Elmira. My next guest stood on his head on Saturday as he made 45 saves, a career high for his pro career, a young pro career. Please welcome goaltender Michael Hauser. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for being with us. First of all, congratulations on Saturday. That had to have been uh, just a crazy game to to be a part of, especially watching it develop between the pipes. Tell us what it was like for you uh, in that third period after playing in a close game, trying to keep your team in the game, and as the the final seconds ticked away, tons of action in your end. Yeah, it was uh, it was more fun than anything. I uh, I think if you ask any goalie, they'd prefer to see more shots than uh, than not a lot. So um, it's always fun for me to play in those kind of games and. Um, you know, we got some goal support in the third period, um, you know, a couple big goals there and uh, kind of went from there. But, um, you know, it was fun. I think it was 20, 20 something shots in the third period. Yeah, so it was, much. yeah, it was, uh, it was fun though. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a couple of those games in juniors and, um, you know, it's been the first time that I've seen it in pro, but, um, you know, happy to get the win out of it. Uh, the story of your career is is really exceptional. For those that, that don't know, uh, it, it really is fascinating and exciting for you, obviously, and, and I think one that you probably <laughs> told to, to different news organizations and writers and bloggers and, and broadcasters like myself uh, probably a hundred times. But uh, I guess we'll set it up and let you talk about it. You were born with bilateral clubbed feet. Numerous doctors said that you probably wouldn't walk, and and here you are now playing professional hockey, getting paid to play. Take me back to the beginning. When did you start getting interested in playing the sport of hockey and how? Um, I, th I think it was probably about when I was three or four years old. Um, I have an older brother, Nick, who um, started taking skating lessons, so I joined him. And this is, uh, this is after most of my surgeries were already done. Um, so... I was able to, you know, walk fine and, you know, we weren't too sure about skating, but tried it out and um, wasn't the best skater, still still not the best skater. So um, it was uh, probably the best option to put me back in goal and I wanted to play with, uh, wanted to play with Nick and grow up playing with him. So, um, you know, he was a forward and they put me back in goal for, uh, you know, less skating and kind of went from there. And then uh, we grew up playing with each other and then, uh, you know, I went, you know, one way and he uh, he still plays, still plays at uh, U of M, University of Michigan club team. But, um, you know, it was always fun to play with him. And that's pretty much how it got started. You're originally from Youngstown. I know have, or after having read some of the stories that you spent a lot of hours in that car making your way into into the Pittsburgh area. And I know your parents probably uh, put a lot of cash down for gas back and forth. An exceptional experience for you, I'd imagine, to play in an area where, I mean, not that Youngstown is... Uh, it ha doesn't have hockey, but you know, you go to a place like Pittsburgh, that that's more of a hotbed. And obviously, growing up, getting a chance to play out there, uh, that had to make uh, make your uh, your young career uh, build your yourself and build up to where you are now. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it sure was a lot of driving, um, you know, growing up. And I think finally, um, you know, I think my parents realized that we were going to be driving back and forth pretty much, you know, all the way through high school if we, yeah. if we kept on that path because we all, all three of the boys in my family enjoyed hockey and uh, it was kind of a family sport at that time. So um, we ended up just uh, moving to Pittsburgh in the, in the area and uh, it was way easier just you know, playing up there and, um, you know, going to school there. And uh, we've, uh, you know, lived there ever since. And I ended up moving away uh, to play hockey in grade nine, actually. So um, I didn't play there too long, but um, it was, uh, it's great. You know, Pittsburgh hockey's awesome. It's, you know, grown a lot since, uh, you know, the Mario Lemieux days, yeah. and especially with Crosby coming in 05. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of great players that have come come out of Pittsburgh and, you know, especially guys around my age, it seems like there's uh, there's a lot of players, um, you know, getting drafted and, you know, playing juniors now that are from that area. So it's uh, it was fun to, you know, grow up playing there. And then you moved, as we kind of continue your story, to the OHL with the London Knights and you immediately excelled. 17 wins in your first season uh, and it just went up from there. Uh, that had to be for you at that stage, even you know, knowing where where you started and how how far you would come at that point. Just an incredible experience, and then uh, to pull your team within one win of the Memorial Cup uh, had to have been just an un unreal, unreal experience. Yeah, it was fun. Um, you know, London was London was a great place to play, and um, you know, I didn't really have any you know aspirations of going to the OHL or major juniors, but um, you know, Mark Hunter called me, and I went up and. Uh, Looked at the rink in the city, and you know it was awesome. It was uh, it was a great experience there, and um, you know I played with so many great players that um, you know I remember my parents told me that um, you know if that was if that was all that you know hockey was going to bring was you know meeting the people in London and playing with those kind of players, then you know we were pretty blessed to have that opportunity. But you know fortunately it uh, you know had a pretty good year last year, and you know we went pretty far and. Um, got a got a contract out of it, so it was uh, it was a great experience, and I'm happy where I'm at uh, right now. We'll we'll carry on from there, but but I think y you look back at, at your journey, and obviously you're uh, under contract to the Florida Panthers. You ended up getting passed over three times in the National Hockey League draft, and was there ever a point along your way in, in your journey where you were wondering maybe okay, is this going to be the end of the road? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think there was, you know, frustration after not getting drafted the first time. And yeah. then, um, you know, I think as I, as I played more in the Ontario League, I think I realized that, you know, I could compete with some of the guys here. And I saw some of the goalies that had been drafted. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was false hope, but I thought that I was every bit as good as them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I kept on working hard. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, once I went to the Ontario League, uh, I kind of... I didn't. I don't think I didn't care about school as much, but I realized that uh, <laughs> that I could go somewhere with hockey. So I think um, you know my mindset was that I was going to make it work no matter what, and uh, fortunately it did. Um, you know I don't know what I'd be doing right now if I if it didn't work. So. Um, but I'm happy it did, and uh, and that's why I'm here now. And that's why I mean, you read any article on this guy across the internet. Determination is the the one word that is used probably more than any other. And an incredible story. And then you you obviously once you decided that you know at at the end of your your junior career that you were going to try and and try out and get on teams. You you had that call from Florida. It came. What was that moment like for you when you you got invited to to be a part of that camp? Uh, it was great. Um, you know, after the draft this past year, I got a couple calls from teams, and 
Um, I think we kind of sat down and with uh, my agent and my parents to kind of get a plan for the best option of where to go. Um, and Florida seemed like a good fit, so we went down there and um, I wasn't promised anything. I was promised a, a look down there and, uh, and a chance. And I went down there and played pretty decent, actually. I hadn't been on the ice for probably a month after the Memorial Cup, so um, I thought I would be a little rusty. But right. went down there and played pretty well. And um, uh, Mr. Talon told me that they were going to offer me a contract. And, you know, it was a pretty happy day in the Hauser household. What there. went through your mind at that point? I mean, it, did it... Did it Ever hit you at that point that, you know, looking back, I know it's easy in this setting to kind of follow that journey and say, all right, at the end of the road, you end up with a contract and you're playing pro hockey. Ha has that sunk in yet for you? Um, I think by now it has, yeah. At the time, it was kind of surreal, though. Um, I think, um, like I said, I, I, I always thought that, um, you know, I, I would make it work no matter what, but um, I don't think that's realistic to think right now that, you know, no matter what, it was going to work out. You got to get lucky a little bit. And Fortunately, I went down there and played well, and uh, the Panthers gave me the opportunity. But, um, you know, I think eventually I'll realize that, um, you know, it wasn't a given that I was going to play pro hockey, and mm -hmm. I'm pretty fortunate to be here now. Well, congratulations on all that. That's, a, that's an incredible story. Uh, and uh, as we wrap up with him, we will, we will segue away from the story and ask you five quick hitters and allow you to, uh, to answer them as candidly as you like. Your favorite food is? Um... Oh, uh, I'll say the chicken and rice that my mom makes. Favorite uh, home-cooked meal, you can't yeah. beat it. Fa favorite movie? Favorite movie is A Few Good Men. A good one. Favorite musical group or artist? Uh, Luke Bryan. Have you ever have you ever seen him? He's got a country folks yeah. in here now. Uh, have you ever seen him live? Uh, no, I think we had we had tickets last year, but it was the day before I was supposed to leave to Florida, so. I took the option good, on that one. Good decision, good yeah. decision. Best player you've ever played with or against in your junior career? Um, I'll say Scott Harrington, D-man. Just shut down, helps the goalies out a lot. Funniest guy in the locker room is? Funniest guy in the locker room. <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> he's sitting right here, so I'll say Abby. Is that, is that the real answer, or is that just because he's here? He's one of them, for uh, sure. <laughs> all right. Give it up for Michael Hauser, everybody. Thank you for spending a few minutes yep, with us thanks. and sharing your story. Coming up next, one more segment with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, on the Cyclones Radio Network. CyclonesHockey.com. One more final segment here today on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show, Monday to January the 14th. Again, just that programming note for next week. No show. We'll be back on the 28th as next week is the All-Star break. And the Cyclones will have a few days off before getting back into the action and going down the proverbial stretch into February into March. As this week, for the first time in what seems like forever, the Clones are going to play against other teams outside of the North Division. It begins tomorrow with Elmira, a team that has had some success against you guys, although every game has been decided by a single goal. A tough-fought matchup, I'd imagine, you're expecting tomorrow night, Jared. What are the game uh, keys for you going into the action? Well, we saw these guys uh, coming out of the Christmas break. I didn't think we played, uh, uh, played particularly well. We had a five-on-three near the end of the game, I thought could have uh, made a difference in the game. But... Uh, They've got they've got a tremendous uh, offensive team, uh, you know, with Gaisley and Demkov. I think Demkov may be up right now, 
Um, but, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, they're, they're a good hockey team. They're yep. a quality hockey team. So, you know, at the end of the day, it comes, comes down to how we're going to play. And, um, you know, we're excited for tomorrow, and then we get on the road. It's always good. We, we had an overnighter this weekend one night, but we really haven't been on the road very much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to get, uh, get on the bus on Wednesday overnight and get into Reading and Trenton and, uh, you know, see where we're at. The, the, the interesting part about right now is uh, the teams you're facing, you'd have no idea what type of lineup they're having. Even it goes down to right before the game. I right. mean, um, you know, we read the transactions and, you know, at 5 o'clock I could find out some transactions, but some things happen after 5 o'clock. So, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to Elmira's coach. He actually texted me while the show was going on about a defense, Manello Ferrara, if uh, he was still in town. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so he's obviously looking for a defenseman for tomorrow night. Um, but besides that, I, I don't know what, where, where they're at. I mean, they don't know where they're at. They're still trying to piece things together. Sure. And then we get into Reading and stuff like that. So it, it makes for a very interesting time. As we look to this uh, this next weekend, th this Royals team, like you said, you don't know who they're going to, to have on their roster, but you can't take anything away from what they've done already this year. Just a tremendous beginning for Larry Corville's bunch. You know that you're going to have to play at the top of your game to pick up a win on the road in there. Oh, yeah, they go on eight, eight no runs like it's nothing. Like it's <laughs> Every time you look up, Redding just won eight in a row. It's yeah. like... Uh, yeah, what else is new? Yeah, they, they've had a tremendous year. They've got some great players over there, and... I know they've lost some, but their depth is uh, tremendous. We got a question? We do. One more before we uh, wrap up our show tonight. Go ahead. Scotty, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, bud. I would like to know, since we're at the halfway point, what aspect of our game do you think we've improved on the much from the beginning to the season to where we are at right now? Good question. What have we improved on? Um, I think our power play's gotten better. Um, I think um, it, it's still uh, we still got to make some improvements on it. I think it's something that we have the the, the people. I think we have the personnel. I think uh, uh, it's definitely uh, you know helped out in the last three weeks or so. But uh, it's definitely something that we got to continue to work on. But that's a great question. As we move through, obviously this week, all of our road games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, will be on the radio. Tomorrow, of course, just the internet. We hope that all of you in attendance tonight will be with us tomorrow as the Cyclones take on Elmira. Thanks for spending a few minute, uh, minutes with us. Best of luck tomorrow, and we'll uh, see you on the bus on Wednesday night. We'll see you all at the French Open. <laughs> I deserve that. Good night, everybody. <laughs>